Hello, and welcome to another episode. Today we have Daddy T returning, and today he's talking about mentorship. But before the episode, we of course have to thank our Daddy's favourite level patrons. So, William, Ochnerb, Banjo Stewie, Adam F, Demon Boy, Brian C, Harry Hypnotist. You are Daddy's favourites. If you'd like to join Daddy's Favourites, or even our Good Boy tier, which entitles you to bonus episodes and early access, and a behind-the-scenes newsletter, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash kinkyboyspod. Your support really means a lot to us. Now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome again to the Kinky Boys podcast. This month we have a returning guest, Daddy T., and he is coming on to discuss with us mentorship in the leather community. Daddy T, welcome. Hi, good evening. How are you? I'm good, and it's good to have you back. Ah, nice to be back. Thank you very much yes. for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. After the cigar episode, we had we actually had people asking for you to come back on. <laughs> that's great. It's weird yeah. because that's that was a long time ago, and I still get people mm-hmm. tweeting me saying, oh, I listened to your episode on cigars and cigar play so that's really nice ah oh, that's awesome to hear it's very interesting to see what old episodes get circulated about yeah, yeah i think there's still a lot of interest in cigar play but that's not a subject for tonight otherwise you'll get me started yeah. talking about cigar play <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be it yeah well i'm sure we can do a follow-up but yeah so i just wanted you on because one of the things you're sort of known for and have a good reputation for is you've been seen to mentor people in the leather community okay and- yeah i mean i think let's let's start off by by what we mean by mentoring cuz i mean yes. i'm I, I don't want to sound like the pedantic psychologist and put my psychologist back head back on and but it, it mentoring is is what is a very broad church people define it mm-hmm. in different ways so for me mentoring and I think I'll give you my definition and then so when, yeah. pe- when I'm referring to mentoring people know this is what I'm talking about I think mentoring is when a person takes time to show another person a skill that they are an expert in for me that's mentoring and that's usually one-to-one and mm-hmm there is a connection between those two people. Now, that connection may be a temporary connection, but maybe a long-term connection, but there's a connection between those two people. For me, that's what mentoring is. Yeah, I mean, that makes a very concise definition. Now, I think what makes it unique in the leather community is it kind of comes with a lot of crossover with power exchange. It is inherently an unequal relationship where you have the mentee who's generally more inexperienced in at least one area and the mentor figure. And it plays quite nicely into power exchange. Like, obviously, we've talked on this show how old guard isn't exactly a myth, but there's a lot of mythology around it. Definitely. But a lot of the mythology was around sort of the sirs and dominance sort of taking people on and actively training them. But I don't think that's mythology that happened hmm. to me. Oh yeah. 
what I've done with my boy, who, mm-hmm. because I think that's another misunderstanding. When I say boy, people assume sub, but boy yeah. can also mean a more junior sir. That's who's being trained to be a sir and is not necessarily submissive in any way. So it's they are a boy to a sir, but that's just because they're being mentored by that sir. Exactly. And this is the kind of stuff I'd love to talk about. Because <laughs> it, it is an interesting, it, it, for me, that's, I mean, I have a, I have a boy. I use his Twitter handle, which is Deadlift Bear. Lots of people know him from Twitter. And he's, I've, we've, he's been my boy for eight years. I trained him to be a sir. And mm-hmm. And I think what that makes you do as a sir in your own right is to think about your own behavior and about how you are a a model for other people, an example for other people. And I think that taking someone on and teaching them in that way makes you think about a lot about your own practice. And so it's that whole self-reflection piece that you may not other do, you may not do otherwise. And I think that in itself is really powerful. Yeah, because you're put into a position of responsibility. Yes. In a way. So you obviously have to, if you're a good mentor at least, actively take on that responsibility and consider it. Exactly. And, you know, to quote Spider-Man with great responsibility. But it is, it's, for me, it's also just a different form of relationship. It's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's what leather families are based on is relationships and different kinds mm-hmm. of relationships. And that is just a, another form of relationship. But it's incredibly important. And I think to go back to whether this is mythology or not, I think people now feel it is mythology because it doesn't really happen very much anymore. Whereas actually it used to. Yes, the whole capping ceremonies and all there was a lot of nonsense around yeah. it and that never, that stuff never happened. I mean, just to give people context, I've been on this scene for 30 years. So it's 30 years last year that I, I came out onto the leather scene. So I've been around a while, so I'm not talking about, you know, recent, quite recent history, I guess. And I do, you know, the first leather bar I went to was the Colhern. So I've been around the block. So I think the fact that the biggest thing that's changed is, the internet in the past if you wanted to learn something you had to go and ask someone who knew it now go on youtube i'm not saying that's the best way to learn i'm not recommending that but what i'm saying is that's what a lot of people do and that's how people you know will try to learn in the with the best of intent because that tradition of going up to a sir and saying will you teach me to be a sir will you mentor me has died oh very much so and it's necessary like i don't want to come down one way or the other on the fact that the internet for the kink community or leather community has essentially opened up a lot of learning opportunities like for myself you know i'm a boot black i learned boot blacking from youtube videos instructional youtube videos by leather women in the states because there was no boot blacks in the uk at the time like there was not that tradition i know and i get that and i and i'm not saying it's an entirely i'm not it's not black and white and it's not a bad thing it's a great way to learn new skills Mm -hmm. 
But there um, is downsides to it. Like things that you can't learn. Mm-hmm. You can't. I think I, I'll give you some examples. So one of the things about, about YouTube videos, they'll teach you specific skills. Yeah. What they don't teach you is how to transition from, from say one position to another. They don't teach you that all of the transition pieces, how do you apply this and where, to, where to apply each skill? How do you build up a scene and take a scene back down again? It's all the bits that are in between those videos that we're not teaching enough of anymore. And I think that's the bit that we miss. Yeah, I know. I totally agree with you there. Like there is so much in life that is practical experience that just comes just from doing and being around people that do that, that you won't capture in a video. There's, yeah. And there's also another flip side, which is vetting people. Like, I know there's been several accounts of big name, well, it was TikTok, not YouTube, but people who branded themselves kink educators and had a large following started giving some really, really bad advice. And there was, of course, this big discussion around, well, why are we trusting them to give advice? How did they get into this position? A lot of the time, it's just, if you know how to manage yourself on social media, you don't always have to be good at what you do. You just have to look like you are. Agreed. And there's nobody there checking to say, you know, is this the mm-hmm. right advice? I'm, I'm trying to be really careful because two two reasons. Firstly, I sound like an old, a, a grumpy old man right mm-hmm. now. I'm very conscious of that. <laughs> it's not exactly how I want to come across. But at the same time, I also don't want to be go back to the, you know, it's, it's black or white, it's good or bad. And even when it yeah. comes down to, certain practices there's stuff that there's stuff that i look at and go it's not me but there's also stuff that i look at and think what are you doing please stop mm-hmm. I, i'll give you a good example because i work mostly in health and safety the behavioral side of health and safety so i know a lot about health and safety and training health and safety and mm-hmm. i will really switch people off people have now gone off this podcast straight away but a good i'm example- sure there is someone with a health and safety fetish <laughs> sure there is but a good example of this and it's something i've posted on a number in a number of different places is the use of suspension harnesses in king play Mm -hmm. and there is something called suspension trauma where the blood in the legs dies takes about 10 minutes suspension harnesses are not designed for king play they're in in if you if someone's working on a safety harness they have to have a plan to get them down within those 10 minutes because otherwise they die. And then I see pictures of people being hung from them as part of play scenes. And I look at it in total fear and horror mm-hmm. because, and I've literally gone and posted on sites where I've seen pictures and gone, here's a fact sheet on tr- suspension trauma. <laughs> please read it and please adapt what how you're playing. And I think people just think I'm that grumpy old man again. <laughs> No, no, but this needs to be done. Like, it keeps happening with shock collars. People will buy shock collars built for dogs and use them on humans, and you can't do that. They Mm. are made to go through a thick layer of fat and fur. Like, and humans don't have that. Some do. I say this, but it's... (laughs) You're right, and it is. It's Mm. not... It's a little bit of knowledge can be a dangerous thing. And, you know, and I think there's... I think at the end of the day, it's if we're going to 
I, I would love to, to get back to mentoring, to have a process of mentoring, but I don't see that happening. So I think the other thing that we should be doing, and mm-hmm. I've done in the past with when I was president of MLM, and I'm going to be doing it for the group I'm now helping to run, which is Heart of England Leathermen, and that's running training sessions. Because we need to be teaching people stuff. And that's something in our community that we've lost a lot of. There's some really good ex- examples mm-hmm. out there. Things like, you know, events like Claw, where the, uh, there's a lot of focus on education. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's something that we need to be doing way more of. Because uh, we have so many skills in our community that we're just not sharing enough of. And actually, I think there's a group of people who are do- much better at it. And you're part of that group. That's Boot Blacks. I think we could actually, the rest of the community could aspire to share information in the way that Boot Blacks do. Boot Blacks are excellent at it. Yeah, I have to say, one thing I'm really proud of is, like I talked earlier how when I started to train to be a Boot Black, there wasn't anything. Now there is a network and a community and people are so willing to take people on and just always show people how stuff is done, safety, what a, like what to use, what not to use. Like it's all growing there now. And I have to say, I know you say like we've lost the desire for mentorship. I, I see I, that. No, I never said we've lost mm. desire. I mm-hmm. think that's a different thing because yeah. I think that we've lost the it's I think it's not become normal within our culture. Yeah. We've lost it as a as a, a societal norm, and I think that's the bit that we've lost. If if someone came up to a sir now and asked, "Can you would you mentor me?" I think a lot of people would react with amusement rather than go, "Yes, I know exactly what you're asking me to up to do, and I'm happy or not happy to do that." It's because that's the bit that we've lost. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I understand, like, there are historical factors as to why that chain was broken. We lost a lot of people, and a lot of this sort of mentorship chain was broken. And, yeah, yeah, people who are sort of aging and have the experience now who often learnt the hard way, they don't seem to be in the mindset or understanding of how they should approach passing it on. And I think, like, this has been on my mind a lot lately, because obviously... I very much wanted mentor figures when I was younger. And the few I had were questionable at best. So it's been on my mind, how do I be a good mentor? Like, how do I step into that role when I'm called to be? I'll give you the first rule that I gave Deadlift Bear. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're the first rule being a sir. Don't be a dick. <laughs> For me, <it> <laughs> People put on a mercap and they think it's a tiara and they mm-hmm. <laughs> they think it gives them the right to be an absolute arsehole to anybody. And I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not king shaming anybody for one, uh-huh. wanting to be treated in any particular way. But as a sir, I was always taught that you're there to build a boy up, not tear him down. And that's how I teach people. And they're to, to, to build people up, not tear them down. And I think that's, and maybe, and maybe that's more about my personality and, and the type of sir that I am. Mm-hmm. But I think that was shaped in me before. So I think, yeah, in terms of 
I've lost whatever we were talking about. Oh, no, just... It's, it's that first role. It's the first yeah. thing I would teach anybody is just because you're in a mercap does not give you the... Op- it does not give you the right to be an arsehole to anybody. No. It really doesn't. And, and unfortunately, some people think it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously... So you was mentored when you were younger. Then. So... How did you transition into being the mentor? Like, when did that start for you? What was your first sort of experience with that? I think properly, fully was was Deadlift Bear. Mm-hmm. So he, we had a mutual friend and someone pointed, this mutual friend said, if you want to learn to be a sir, this is mm-hmm. someone who, should te- who can teach you. And because they felt I was a good sir and they felt that I was the right person to 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 basically be his mentor. And so he approached me to say, would I mentor him? Would I teach him to be mm-hmm. a sir? And eight years later, I'm still his sir. So, yes. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Long... Like I see the two of you together and the rapport you have is amazing. Yeah. We're in a relationship. Mm. At the end of the day, that's what we are. Yeah. We're in a relationship. And that's, and I, and I think that is it's a unique relationship and i think that's you know when you look at leather mm-hmm. families and we talk about you know in in leather families we talk about all chart families oh uh, yeah you know our relationships are different from mm-hmm. heteronormative relationships but it's still a relationship and i love him and oh. he loves me oh sorry no no that's fantastic it's, it's true yeah. so i think you know but that doesn't mean that i've mentored people in the past where we don't have that relationship. You don't have to have that romantic relationship with the person you're mentoring. Yeah. Cause that, that I think that's a good juncture to bring up a point because I was talking with someone about mentorship in the leather community the other day, and they were stringently against uh, a mentor mentee relationship, having any other dimension like sex or relationship. And Whilst they made some good points, I I feel there is debate to be had around that. I would be interested in why, why they feel that way. Mm. I, I, the main impression from speaking to them I I picked up was it was essentially due to the power imbalance, it makes it easy to take advantage of people. But that's, you could say the same thing between a sir and a sub. Yeah. That, for me, that's... Mm. I think that's a bit, it's almost a strange way of looking at it in terms of, we're we're talking about two consenting adults who are in a form of relationship. Yeah. And I don't think, so it shouldn't be the word should or shouldn't. Mm -hmm. It is can or cannot. I think it's about the relationship that those two people have. Yeah, like you always have to take into account people are people. No one's cookie cutter. Exactly. Like I can to a degree understand that there needs to be at least consideration of the power dynamics involved. Because I've talked about, I've seen bad mentors. One of them was someone being a daddy to a boy. And for a long while, that relationship was good. They, it went well. However, as the boy started maturing and actually sort of, tried to strike out on his own in ways the sir didn't like it started to get a bit bad because he felt you know i'm the daddy you should be listening to my advice solely 
but then you see that in in non-king relationships mm-hmm. oh totally so it's not i don't think it's something that's you know you find solely in kink relationships so that's about the relationship between those two people and and i think you know and the communication between those two people and i think one one of the things that i think bdsm relationships generally are much better at not perfect but much better at is communication we have to talk more and I think, you know, when it's we don't do the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, consent at the beginning rather than consent all the way through. We have to have communication. And it is, so communication is far more important for us than it is for a someone who's doing vanilla, having vanilla sex. So I think as part of that communication is communication about your relationship. But let's also bear in mind that because and it goes back to I use the term boy and people uh-huh. say boy people say sub, but often if you're teaching someone to be a sir, they're not necessarily submissive, so they're not going to submit to you and they're not going to want to be submissive to you because their nature is to be a sir, and yes. so that often means that that relationship may not be sexual just simply because it's educational. It's that, so, but then, you know, that is, that's going to be different for different people. That is true. Uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of it is in life, there will always be people that try and take advantage of others and put, and do so by putting themselves in positions of authority. They like the idea of being a mentor because it means they know best. And and I see this particularly a lot with people who mentor quite young people. Yeah. Um, one of the red flags I've always said to watch out for to people is, do they have peers of their own age group? Or are mm-hmm. they always mentoring and being sirs and daddies to much younger people and only much younger people? Yeah. Like, and I think that that's a very good point to go on to. So when looking for a mentor... What qualities should you be looking for in them, like on the lookout for? And what qualities may be a red flag? I think firstly, there are different types of sirs. We know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use the term daddy because I'm more nurturing. I'm there to build people up, not tear mm-hmm. them down. And some people would use the term boss or master because they're more mm-hmm. dominant. And I think so if you're looking for a mentor, one of the things that to think about is what sort of sir are you? Mm-hmm. And, and this works the same way for subs because you can get mentors within the submissive community as well. I, so I know someone who's being mentored in fisting at the moment. So, you know, it works in lots of different ways, but I think the main thing you're looking for is someone who you aspire to be. Because if you're looking at that person going, I don't want to really want to be anything like you. Yeah. Why would you want to be trained by that yeah. person? <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's your there's your first thing is do I want do I aspire to be this person? In terms of I think that also starts to weed out a lot of the red flags. Because if you're picking up red flags thinking, I don't want to be anything like this person, you've already started to pick those up and yeah. you're not going to, you know, that's yeah. going to take a lot of those out. 
I think the other the other red flag that may not necessarily be as obvious at the beginning though is does this person have the ability to teach to mentor people mm-hmm. because that is a skill like any other skill I mean I teach as a as a profession you know I deliver training I, I mentor people into specific skills so it's something that I do quite naturally have done for many years but it's a skill and I teach I, I do train the trainer so I teach other people how to deliver training so and I, so I know how much of a skill it, that it is and I've met some very good sirs who are incredibly technical and their, their skills and abilities are amazing, but they couldn't teach anybody. That's not within no. their ballpark. It's not in their personality. So I think the first thing is, is this someone you aspire to be? And if the answer is yes, that's going to take out a lot of the red flags. And the second question then would be, can this person, does this person have the ability to teach me? And and also, will they teach me? Because that's the other thing. It's a time commitment. And it's a commitment in terms of emotion. It's a commitment in terms of energy. And, you know, this is... And and again, I think... I'm going going back into grumpy old man mode. I think this is another thing that we've sort of lost in our community is that idea of a commitment. Even down to the number of boys who messaged me for the first time and asked me, oh, will you collar me? I've never met you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Collaring you is a really big thing. That means we are in a relationship and I've never met you. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally like someone messaging on some, someone on Grindr and going, would you be my boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's not something you open with. No, it's a commitment. And and I think people don't understand what a commitment that is. And it's the same with mentoring. It's a commitment. And is that person willing, do they have the time and the energy, the bandwidth to be able to commit to teaching you? Because if the answer is no, then actually it's another red flag. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing on them. It's just that maybe not the right now. Yeah. And I also think it's worth pointing out this, this applies to both sides of the equation because I've seen people that love the idea of being mentored, but are not willing to put aside the time to do it. Yeah. They're not willing to like say with flogging practice where they get a pillow up against a chair and practice hitting the right spots every night they're not willing to do the homework they're not willing to make the extra time to always see their mentor at least like i don't know once a week if that's what that's what's needed yeah and you know and there's going to be homework it's like learning any (laughs) any new skill there's homework go away learn this practice this if you're not willing to put the practice in why should i be willing to mentor you why am i spending this time my time when you're not willing to spend yours so I agree. You know, there's, there's a, it's a commitment. It's a commitment in lots of different ways. And you have, you have to go into that with your eyes open and understand that. Am I willing to, I'm asking for this to be a commitment. Am I willing to commit to it myself? Cause the answer is no, then don't do it at that point. Yeah. There might be other times in life where you are, but if the answer is no at that point, then don't do it. 
There's nothing worse than being than being someone that you you're giving up your time for someone, and they're not committed. They, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I've, one of the other things I do, I volunteer as a therapist because I was trained as a therapist, <laughs> and I always say to people, is I go through the the opening, you know, what you know, the the ethics, etc. But then I also say, if you do not turn up for for sessions, the sessions will end. Yeah. If you're not committed to this, I'm not either. And I'm very open with people like that about that at the very beginning because there's nothing worse than you sitting there going, they're not here again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, that's really, really annoying. And so, yeah, it's at the end of the day, it is a commitment. If you are committed, great. I am. If you're not committed, fine. I'm not either. No, so I think you know that's it's a two way street that commitment. Mm-hmm. And I think just while we're talking about green and red flags, just to go back to something you said earlier, which is people recommended you. Yes, like having a reputation in the community and have multiple people say yes, he's a good person to learn from. I think is worth its weight in gold, and that is again something we've kind of lost, which is community reputation and referrals. And I, I think that again, I think it does still happen. I think it, you know, I got asked for referral to a sir this week. I if I if I get a message from a sub, and I think people may know them. Mm-hmm. First thing I do is go out and message people and go, "Do you know this person? What they're like?" I still do it. I I do it a lot. So I don't understand. I I, I wouldn't say it's. I, I think it's one of the things. Hopefully, maybe it's not. It's not just my family that do it but i think it's hopefully i think it's something that we still do as a community because we're still quite a, we're, at the end of the yeah. day we are a minority in a minority <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're a small community and reputation in your community is huge it is huge and people don't realize how bad that happens you know it is when you lose that reputation unfortunately last year i had someone steal from my playroom oh really Oh yep. gosh! So, at any point, anybody mentions them, what feedback are they going to get? Don't touch them; they will steal from you. So yeah. you know, it is people don't sometimes realize how small a community this is, and that mm-hmm. reputation is is huge. Your reputation as a sir, or your reputation as a sub, or switch, or whatever you you are, is everything and because it will predict not only whether people will play with you it also will predict how much trust you can get to in the beginning of that session because someone comes to you because they're an experienced sub and they know that you've got a really good reputation you can keep you can get the session running much much faster than if you don't know each other and you have no idea how you know anything about the other the other person you've got to do a lot more delving to actually understand them so yeah like there's a lot of things that play into that yeah like in our community reputation really is currency it is absolutely and it's and let's be honest it's currency when it comes to getting sex oh definitely (laughs) (laughs) let's be completely frank about it it is the best currency when it comes to getting sex Mm -hmm. is that you know, have, having people come to you and go, I know you're, I've seen you, I've heard about you. I've seen your Twitter feed. 
I know a lot about you. Can you play? Can we play? And then, you know, and as I say, the first thing I'll do is go and ask around about that person. And if they've got a bad reputation, my answer will be no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just looking at our little list of notes. I feel like we've covered most of the things we were talking about. Do you have anything extra to say that we've not covered yet? I think I would ask people, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that. I mean, I came out during the AIDS crisis. I know how I literally I know how many people we lost because I worked in the gay bar during the AIDS crisis. So I know that there are a lot less of my generation than there should be. Mm-hmm. But that also means that the burden of of training and mentoring is greater for us. And I don't think enough of enough people, especially older people in our community, recognize that. Because at the end of the day, we're not going to live forever. No. And I always think I don't have any children. Mm-hmm. Um, and my legacy is what I leave behind, which is why I love working with people as a therapist in terms of as a volunteer. I love mentoring people in powerlifting, whatever it is. This is my, this is my legacy. And I think sometimes to think about, if you are an older, if you're an older person who has a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, your legacy is not that experience and that knowledge. It's who you impart that experience and that knowledge to. That's your legacy. And I think for whether you are a sir, whether you are a sub, mm-hmm. whatever, a pub, whatever, I think it's down to us to actually train the next generation. Oh, totally. It's something that we we are we talk about enough and I don't think it's something that we actually say to older people mm-hmm. that we're setting an expectation that you do this because at the end of the day there's just a lot less of us than there there should be. Yeah. Like that is the reality of the situation. Like Sorry, I don't mean to end on a downer. <laughs> no, it's a very important thing. And one thing I hope people, if they're listening to this, will take away is to consider what they can do to help this situation. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I know like a lot of my generation, which would I'm kind of squarely in millennials, there is sort of this growing realization that we are the adults now and we have no clue what to do with like the new people coming into the scene. Like we don't have that of just mentoring people and passing on the knowledge properly. No, because Because, we've not given it to you. And that's, that's, that's our fault. That's my generation's fault is because we've not passed that on to you. And I think that's, that's where we fell down. So the only thing that we people can do now, and sometimes it's easier to do that, go to YouTube, turn to YouTube. And as yeah. I said at the beginning, there is there are things there are YouTube's great for learning skills. It's not great for learning about connection. Mm-hmm. It's not great about reading the person. It's not about it's not great to learn how you transition from one position to another position, from one tie to another tie, from mummification to on a cross. 
how what do you have to think about what are the steps between it it's that's all that stuff that if you don't if you've never done it and nobody's ever taught you how are you ever going to know apart from exactly. trial and error <laughs> that's it trial yeah. and error yeah this is the thing and it, i think there's something to keep in mind is just people if they have no experience of being a mentee but want to listen to this and want to pass it on just keep in mind all the hard lessons you had to learn all the mistakes you made to get the knowledge you have now and just think okay how can i pass that on so other people don't have to make those mistakes i think that's a good place to start exactly and it is just think about what skills do you have and Mm -hmm. who can you pass them on to and and be willing and open to because I think the other thing is that we often shut people down. If so, I'll get young people approaching me, mm-hmm. and they want to, you know, they're looking for a sir or a daddy, blah, blah blah. And my response isn't just no, not interested. Mm-hmm. It's I'm happy to chat and answer any questions you have, but you're not my type. Yeah, we can still talk. And most people will turn around and go, okay, thanks anyway, and bugger off. And then you get others who will still keep asking you questions. And that's fine. Yeah. There was there was a guy who came with his sir to our last leather social. Mm-hmm. And it's a sir that he's just met and he's new to the leather scene. And we've been talking for a while because, you know, we, we I did exactly that. He came to me as I'm looking for a sir. And I, my response was, thank you, but not my time mm-hmm. but i'm happy to chat and i'm happy to answer any questions that you've got because the least i can do is give people five minutes of my time yeah yeah it's like even if you're not interested in a person still be interested in them as people yeah like and just exactly. be willing to share your experience i'm interested in them as a as a person who's going to be the next generation of the scene that i want mm-hmm. to be on at the end of the day you know I'm only I'm only 51. I sound like I'm <laughs> 90 in this podcast, I know. But I'm only 52 this year. I'm 52 this year and, you know, I'm I I'm hoping I've got a good 20 30 years still on this scene. But in 20 years time, the people that are going to be running this scene, the people that are going to be organizing events, the people that are going to be doing the stuff that I want to attend are the people that we're not teaching now. Yeah. So what sort of events do you want to attend? <laughs> exactly. That's a way to think about it. It's not just all, you know, completely altruistic. It's there's a bit of selfishness in there as well. Because what scene, what community do you want in twenty years' time? Because if you're not willing to put the input into it now, if you're not willing to put your time in and effort and your knowledge into it now, you're gonna get the scene that you get. exactly no that's very true it we all have a responsibility to it i think that's the best way to put it so yes so thank you very much for your time this has been a great chat and good to talk to you yes and you're always welcome back on for any topic you want to talk about anything you want me to talk about you know me i'm Mm -hmm. happy to just jab on about anything (laughs) yeah anything you want to talk about i'm more than happy to talk about it if i if it's not in my 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 ballpark i'll happily put my hand up and go sorry 
I don't know about that, but you know, sorry. But yeah, other than that, I'm I'm happy to talk about anything. Fantastic. If anybody wants to ask me questions, and um, the best way to, to contact me is recon on Twitter. I'm Daddy with a four, D four D D Y underscore T. That's me on both. And ask me questions. Sure. I'm happy to answer them. We'll be putting links to those in the show notes. So there'll be a nice little hyperlink to click on. And yes, thank you again for coming on. And okay. as always, listeners, play safe. <laughs>